listening to www.infinitesmile.org. Enjoy these Zen-inspired talks given by Michael McAllister. So one of the neat things about uh, seeing new faces is that, for me at least in this position as teacher, I I feel like I'm looking at people who have an infinite amount of choice, an infinite array of possibility, and so forth as they kind of go into this uh, this practice. There's a, a quote that I'm going to destroy here. I apologize, but uh, my teacher's teacher, Shunryu Suzuki said, uh, in the beginner's mind, the possibilities are boundless. In the expert's mind, the possibilities are few. And that doesn't mean that we should all act like, you know, kids necessarily as we approach some type of, uh, you know, serious stillness practice or an authentic uh, type of spiritual work. But it means that a mind that isn't cluttered with knowing tends to be able to open a little bit more widely, a little bit more broadly. And in that scope, that net that's cast is just it's just bigger. So it's something that we, we can all think about. What in us isn't so sure? Man, that's the yellow brick road. That is just such a great space. That in us that is not so sure what to think about something, that questions, that wonders, that's the really marvelous space that we want to just nourish as we begin a type of, uh, any type of uh, authentic spiritual work. It's easy to believe, you know. It would be really easy, in other words, for me to like give you some type of scripture or something like that and said, see, it says here, therefore it's true. That's easy. I'm not trying to take anything away from any other wisdom tradition, but the minute you get into a system where it's, if you have faith, then you will enjoy an eternity of bliss, we get into some real, real interesting territory there. Because essentially, what we're asking, if we are, if we are, let's say, a, a, you know, a minister or an imam or a rabbi or even a Buddhist priest, and we ask someone to believe this, then everything will be okay. What we're asking everyone to do is cling. Can you just cling here? Can you cling on to this? Can you can you attach and hold fast to what I've just said, and then everything will be okay? Problem is that any type of real spiritual peace, any type of experiential depth that leads us into kind of an openness and a is about relaxing, is about opening, is about expanse instead of contraction. So every single thing that I say tonight I want you to let go of <laughs> before you leave. That doesn't mean you have to forget it necessarily, although if you do, that's fine. But try that in your in your day-to-day -day life. Try letting go. There's this really cool thing that my, I just absolutely adore my uh, stepmom. She's married to my father. 
And she said, you know, I learned the coolest thing. You know, whenever I get in arguments, there's this one person in her family who she constantly just is really one of those personalities that's constantly just firing and always puts everybody on the defensive and so forth. And my, my uh, stepmom used to get caught by this. And she said, you know, I realized if I just tell her, huh, maybe you're right. It just pulls the rug out from under that in that in her that wants to attack. Oh, maybe you're right. Huh. It allowed for kind of a graceful opening, a graceful release to the argumentative nature of her relative that drove her and everybody else so crazy, especially at Thanksgiving when she'd had too many glasses of wine. So letting ourselves, giving ourselves permission, giving ourselves permission to open, giving ourselves permission to kind of not, not, just not have to know is huge. That carries us into this space of beginner's mind. A beginner's mind is a spacious mind. It's a soft mind. This does not mean that your mind isn't incredibly useful. Most of us in this room, I know for a fact, because I know most of the people in here have amazing minds. And these minds have gotten them a long way. They're very skilled. They're, 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 it's not only have they been crafted and built over time with care, but they, they also got you here. It's a great gift. This work does not teach us to kill or denigrate or push off to the side this marvelous tool we call the mind. But it does allow for a space to develop, not only within it, but on the outside of it. We become conscious of this arena. It's much broader, much bigger. And then the mind itself shows up as a tool instead of a prison. We learn how to surf, metaphorically. Swami Satchananda had that line that I, I've mentioned before. It's like, you, you cannot stop the waves of the ocean, but you can learn to surf. Okay? If we carry this a step further, especially for beginners, because they can do this real easily, it's not just about surfing. How about if you just dive in? Become the ocean. Let the ocean become you. Let yourself become the ocean. What kind of wave is there then? It's just an aspect of something within you. And this is a rather remarkable gift you can not only give to yourself, so to speak, I'll use air quotes there, but it's a gift that we can give to all beings when we kind of relax in that space of becoming oceanic ourselves, of recognizing that every single thing that goes on, everything that arises on the stage of mind arises within us. Everything arises within us. Another person's pain arises within our experience. How do we meet it? Another person's glory arises within our experience. How do we meet that? Oh my God, my cell phone's out of batteries. How do we meet that? 
I really want that new iPhone. How do we meet that? Did I remember to pay our electricity bill? How are we going to meet? All this stuff arises within us. All we have to do is just kind of be open to it and allow our relationship to all the minutiae of day-to-day -day living to just, we just give it some space. We give it space by giving it our full attention, just like we give our stage of mind full attention when we sit still. We start to give our life our full attention as we walk through it. That's what a stillness practice can give us. We begin to trust that. I don't want to use the word faith. I want to use the word trust here. We begin to trust that, you know what? No matter what, as long as I am alive, my breath will still be going. No matter what, as long as I move, there is stillness that can inform that move consciously. No matter what. No matter what, there is a series of teachings that span, span the, you know, the gamut of taste that all point to this same mountain. We get to climb it if we want to. We begin to trust that. And we also begin to trust that there isn't anything that we can hang on to forever. Over time, well, that's kind of a shock at first. What do you mean? Oh, I can kind of, you know, there's certain things that are absolutely permanent. Actually, there is nothing that is permanent. Everything will eventually be swallowed back up by the universe. And stuff will be reborn by the universe. Birth and death. That'll all happen continually, continually, continually. We begin to get comfortable with that. We begin to get comfortable knowing that we will lose every single thing that we have. Our bodies, our relationships, our minds, our bank accounts. I mean, at death, we literally, we lose everything. We're all going to die. Okay? That becomes less of a question. We begin to worry with a stillness practice and with this beginner's mind. We begin to worry less about the fact that we are going to die and more about the variable nature of how we can live. Does this make sense? We worry less about our death and more about how we can live. We trust that. We begin to trust that. And that opens us. Trust opens us. This is a wonderful thing to cultivate. Along with a beginner's mind, we can begin to cultivate a trusting heart. And it's a big heart. It's a kind of heart that doesn't trust conditionally. You know? It's not like it believes something's going to, it trusts knowingly. Knowing that all things are temporary, it trusts that it still can remain open. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to read a little bit from uh, one of our pals here, uh, John Kabat-Zinn. He's an uh, emeritus professor out at uh, University of Massachusetts. And uh, he wrote this book called Wherever You Go, There You Are. 
And I forgot how marvelous it was um, until my mom sent me this uh, 10th anniversary edition that I thought was really cool. Uh, and I started going through it again, and it, I'm telling you guys, just don't don't miss out on this one, okay? You just go go to your you know local bookstore, non-chain preferably, but you know do what you got to do, um, and uh, and snap it up because he he takes it through in these really nice bite-sized pieces. I want to read to you uh, what he has to say actually about trust, and we'll hopefully weave this together with what uh, I yammered on about. Trust, he says, is a feeling of confidence or conviction that things can unfold within a dependable framework that embodies order and integrity. We may not always understand what is happening to us or to another or what is occurring in a particular situation, but if we trust ourselves or another or we place our trust in process or in an ideal, we can find a powerful stabilizing element embracing security, balance, and openness within the trusting, which in some way, if not based on naivete, intuitively guides us and protects us from harm and self-destruction. We cultivate this, in other words. We cultivate this. We don't attach, but we become intimate with this idea of trust of balance, of hopefulness, being positive, essentially. He goes on to say, the feeling state of trust is important to cultivate in a mindfulness practice. For if we do not trust in our ability to observe, to be open, to be attentive, to reflect upon experience, to grow and learn from observing and attending, to know something deeply, we will hardly persevere in cultivating any of these abilities and so they will only wither or lie dormant. Part of mindfulness practice is to cultivate a trusting heart. Let's begin by looking deeply into what we can trust in ourselves. If we don't immediately know what there is to trust in ourselves, maybe we need to look a little deeper, to dwell a little longer with ourselves in stillness and in simply being. If we are unaware of what we are doing a good deal of the time, and we don't particularly... <laughs> and we don't, don't particularly have control of our mouths. And we don't, don't particularly like the way things turn out in our lives. Perhaps it's time to pay closer attention, to be more in touch, to observe the choices we make and their consequences down the road. I'll say that one more time because I love that line. If we are unaware of what we are doing a good deal of the time and we don't particularly like the way things turn out in our lives, Perhaps it's time to pay closer attention, to be more in touch, to observe the choices we make and their consequences down the road. Perhaps, he says, we could experiment with trusting the present moment, accepting whatever we feel or think or see in this moment, because this is what is present now. If we can take a stand there and let go into the full texture of now, we may find that this very moment is worthy of our trust. From such experiments conducted over and over again may come a new sense that somewhere deep within us resides a profoundly healthy and trustworthy core and that our intuitions as deep resonances of the actuality of the present moment are definitely 
worthy of our trust. So, with this, he offers this poem by uh, Kabir, which I, f I find just so, so spot on here. He says, Be strong then, and enter into your own body. There you have a solid place for your feet. Think about it carefully. Don't go off somewhere else. Kabir says this, Just throw away all thoughts of imaginary things and stand firm in that which you are. And trust that. Trust what you are and uncover what you are by bringing to bear a beginner's mind and an open heart to whatever it is that shows up. Trust sounds a lot like faith. Yeah. What would be helpful for me to say that would take, because it sounds to me like faith has a little bit of a negative connotation to you, or am yes, I misreading? Trust can be very clingy, and then it becomes faith. So the kind of trust I'm talking about, imagine a kind of confidence without grasping. Okay? That's trust. We can do that within ourselves. We can have confidence that we can do this even though we don't attach to an outcome. Does this make sense? I trust or I have confidence that I can participate in this moment-to-moment -moment awareness. I have no idea where it's going to take me, but I know that I can participate in that. Okay? Now, the there are all sorts of danger spots in those statements there. But the basic thrust of what's, what's trying to be communicated here, at least in my talk and certainly with Dr. Zinn, is <coughs> this idea that it's not about belief that we can grasp. It's about confidence that is open-ended. Does that, does that make a little bit more sense? Okay. How's your confidence? <coughs> Hard to say. That's good. Wondering's good. <laughs> that means that means you're open. <laughs> Have confidence in that. Seriously. I read somewhere that people are happier with fewer choices. <laughs> people are happier with fewer choices. Is that you read you read that? <laughs> yes. Um, wow. Well, it, that, maybe that's. Um, I would love to see the context of that study because I think one of the. I'm going to make a quick commentary here on on one of the things I've noticed about. Uh, traveling and then coming back to uh, uh, America especially but the Western world in general it's like there's this tremendous premium we place on freedom yet in many respects you know and freedom of choice and so forth it seems to me that much much of our freedom is about freedom of the of this all the stuff we can buy <laughs> you know now that's not to take anything away from you know having a good time at the mall but that can be an attachment in and of itself. Yeah? You know, and certainly you could build up a whole bunch of trust that, you know, I trust that there will be a, a, a fall season of uh, wardrobe coming out here, you know, in all the stores at Broadway Shopping Center, and boy, I will be able to take advantage, 
you know, of all of that. That's not the kind of trust we're talking about. The kind of trust we're talking about is a steady and stable confidence that we can actually meet what's showing up all the time. Whether or not we have lots of choices, whether or not we have few choices, but that we have choice. Every single moment we're given a choice of either we can either expand into what's being offered or contract from it. Okay? That's the choice. And that's one choice. And the awakened among us know that. And so maybe you're right. Since they only have one choice all the time, I'm either going towards expanse or contraction. Expanse beyond the I or contraction into a me. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that study's right, although <laughs> I don't know how you research that. I don't, I don't know how you do a, how you do a double blind. I saw that article, and it was about how in the past people seemed to be happier with less choices, right? Um, actually, it was TED TV. TV do you know? It's, it's the, the thousands of the world's greatest thinkers come together, sponsored by IBM or BMW or somebody, and they can all present for exactly 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. So Tony Robbins presents, and Al Gore presents, and other people present. And they did a study where they brought these people on a game show. They had six Monet paintings, asked them to pick out their favorite, and said they could take it home with them. And half of the people, um, they said, when they picked like painting B, they said, oh, sorry, we don't have painting B. Um, we only have painting C and D. So they went home. And then the other group, they said, we don't have painting B today, but you can take home painting C, and if you don't like it, you can switch it in six weeks. Interesting. <laughs> and all the people who got the option of switching, they all came back and hated the Monet that they went home with. And all the people who had no choice loved the Monet they went home with. So I, I'm not getting exactly right. But that's still, that's interesting. But it kind of goes back to what I was saying a little bit. I mean, if our choices are about acquisition, mm -hmm. we're always going to suffer. If our choices are about opening, mm -hmm. we don't. Yes. Um, I had some dealings in the past couple of days with Wamu Bank, uh -huh. and um, should we put that on the podcast so we can slide? <laughs> Wamu? You mean Washington Mutual? <laughs> but the, the dealings I'm speaking of yeah. were online and on the phone, and um, but not with the human being. So wow. The trust that you're talking about, well, what I noticed arising was contraction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and Based on the, you mean because of the voicemails and it, yes, yes. No, no way to get through to a human. You couldn't get through. I, I, but even when I did, there were, were some things that had gone wrong. My card was swallowed and by the ATM. And wow. Those kinds of things that put me in a state, or I, those things happened, then I allowed um, emotions to arise, and maybe it was clinging, it was frustration, it was anger. But then there was another, I, would, I don't know if I'd call it trust, but there was a, like a, a, a brief moment where I could stand back and look at 
the whole folly of it all. And, and tell me about that. Well, I think it was there, there was a little spaciousness that came because I trusted that, I, I had the feeling that it was, um, in the scheme of things, maybe not as drastic. Right. So I don't know whether you would label that trust, trusting I, the process. Yes, okay. that's what I would. What I would. What I. The trust that I'm kind of speaking of here is an open confidence mm -hmm. that you, Barbara, mm -hmm. could meet that experience with all of your attention, and the more attention you gave to it, mm -hmm. you uncovered something very special and very powerful, mm -hmm. didn't you? Mm -hmm. Which was what? It's kind of kind of funny. The freaking machine ate my ATM. I mean, you talk about one thing that's going to put most people in touch with real attachment. It's when their ATM gets one. Right. <laughs> right. 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 And then as the, as the process unfolded, more attention was given to the circumstance. And that takes, that takes that open confidence, that trust, to just kind of breathe. And then that you, you can trust that that little bit of space will give, give way. There'll be a little bit of space, and sometimes it gives way to even more. And at that point, the smile becomes even broader, right? And then you might get caught by it again, but then you kind of, it That's never, exactly what happened. yeah, it comes in waves almost. Mm -hmm. And you can also trust that those waves will be there. Can you surf? Trust in your ability to serve. Yeah. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm wondering about the um, sort of difference between the, you know, watching how things turn out and, and in relation to choices, as it said in the book that you read, the passage you read, and the same time letting go. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. If you let me try to let me try to clarify it. It's well, let me make sure I've got your question right. It sounds like the passage that I read talks about choice and so forth. And I'm talking about trust and letting go. Okay? Yeah, choice and, and they don't seem to square with you. Just not quite. Okay. Choice in terms of not um, seems more active. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And can that process of choosing for you be informed by openness? Yeah. That's all. And then, can you have confidence in your ability to do that? The moment you can have an open confidence in your openness is the minute you begin to embody a very, very rich and deep space. And you can walk with it. I mean, you can, it, it's something, it, you don't carry it. It carries you as you meet it all the time. And that's really at the core of the teaching. It's a, it's a great question. It's at the core of the teaching. It's how can we live in the world in a way where we're not kicked around by it? When we can actually watch our ATM card get swallowed up and then in, in the moment, we can kind of be, ha, 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 and then kind of, ha, ha, after that, you know? It's where we're not caught by the experience. 
whether it's ATM or whether it's their out of vanilla ice cream or whether it's the death of a loved one. Can we meet each experience with a certain confidence and openness? Yeah. Thanks for your question. I, I should probably ask you guys. You guys haven't been here. Did, did this, like, did we freak you out? Are you okay with it? You all right? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Good. Because, Janelle, your, your face the whole time is like you're looking, you, you know, you seem like you're getting it, but I just want to make sure. <laughs> I think so. So, okay, I'm good. I was wondering, can there be different kinds of trust? Like you said, I forget what context you said, and basically that's not that kind of trust. Yeah. So let, let me go through. Maybe what I should do is like make a delineation. There are two kinds. Okay? okay. One is the kind of trust that we'll call it small trust. Okay? Small trust is is the type of trust that's clingy. Okay? It's like... I trust because I should, or I must, or I, right? Okay? I'm trying to think of a really good example of small trust. Um, I trust, I trust that the Cal Bears this year, their football team, is going to the Rose Bowl. Okay? I t watch it. Watch it. See, I trust that. That's small trust, right? Do you see how? Do you see why? Yeah. Because it's it's about it's about a grasp, isn't it? All right. They may, they may not. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I don't care. I just love Berkeley in October. There's nothing like it on the planet. Okay. All right. Big trust is there is this awareness. There is this moment. See the difference? Yeah. It's always this moment, right? It's never not this moment. You can have a memory, right? But when does that happen? It happens in this moment, this now. You can have you can have a plan about college or whatever, you know, your job, whatever, right? But when does that happen? In this moment. I have confidence in that. I have an open confidence that all there ever is, is now. Does that kind of make a little more sense? All right. Gang, thanks for coming tonight. Appreciate it.